and welcome to Cruisin' for a Reviewsin', the podcast where I get a friend to watch a Tom Cruise movie they've never seen before and then review it with me. I'm your host, Cara Westworth, and today I am rejoined by Ginger to do part two of A Few Good Men. Hello again. Pleasure to be back. Well, we got through all of the build-up towards what's going to happen in the courtroom, which I don't know if we made it sound a bit boring. I hope we didn't, but it is very interesting. And yeah, I don't mind the odd procedural. Sometimes I'm like, eh. But this I found very engaging the entire time. Yeah, hopefully we did an all right job. There's so much much setting up, like everything that goes on before it. Like it's not just padding. It's not just like everyone fighting over stuff. It's very carefully crafted. So yeah, so we have to know who the characters are and what relationships they have with each other and what kind of person they are too. Like we so easily that they subbed up Kiefer Sutherland's character, Kendrick, just in the strict haircut said a lot about him, but also just- some great haircuts in this. (laughs) Oh, Kevin Bacon's hair? Kevin Bacon's toilet brush. That was exactly- Yeah, like they did a really good job of just summing up a character and so you you know whether or not you like them or hate them straight off the bat. Yep. Uh, or if you're Tom Cruise, it's like, I hate you, but also you're the my way into all this because I'm also yeah. the, the daft person who doesn't know what's going on. So done a very good job of that. Um, but we're now at the courtroom stuff. Yeah, we'll get straight into it. So first day of the case, Ross goes through what actually happened, you know, the whole situation in Guantanamo Bay with Santiago being attacked by these two lieutenants. Uh, two uh, what are they called one's a private i think i think dawson's like uh, something else one step above that what super private mega double private (laughs) i wish maybe i would be more inclined to enjoy the army and things if they had cool names like that right they need a branding upgrade (laughs) private 64 super private private 64 i'm in (laughs) they talk about what actually happened and he states that he believes dawson had intent to kill so a lot of what's happening is the so what they think killed uh, this, I mean, the, what the doctor said, killed Santiago, is that the rag that was stuck in his mouth had some sort of poisonous substance on it and it caused lactic, oh, I wrote it down somewhere. Lactic acidosis. Yeah, it happened so quickly, though, that they, pretty sure, even though there was no traces of poison, they think it was something, something on the rag that caused the lactic acid to build up and so they pulled the tape off, blood everywhere, and he died really, really quickly. Yeah, so they say by poisoning that rag, there was intent to actually seriously injure, if not not kill this guy. Uh, so the first witness is an investigator who was sent out to find out who fired the gun based on Santiago's letter. Uh, they didn't know who it was, but they quickly worked out it must have been Dawson because on that day, only one person came back with one bullet missing from his weapon, but no one was charged because there wasn't enough evidence, apparently. Because the only witness was dead. Yeah, yeah, the only witness was dead. So they're like, oh, okay, stiff shit, I guess. I guess, yeah. We also get another witness who was an interesting little one that you don't expect. Uh, Cooper Gooding Jr. turns up. I was I was shocked. Like I, this movie has so many amazing like <laughs> high profile actors in there, and Cuba's just like just sitting in a chair all of a sudden. Like the camera pans past a pillar. There's like, Cuba Gooding Jr. in his dress uniform. <laughs> yeah, and he only four years later he uh, is going to be with Tom Cruise again in Jerry Maguire. And I wonder if they that started it. Like possibly, I did wonder the same thing. Mm. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. He is basically in the same squad as all these other privates and whatnot, and he was basically there to say yes, I. I witnessed the order that we were not to touch Santiago and basically says, yeah, we all we all worked out pretty quickly what had happened, that Santiago was going to dob on Dawson and we were all pissed off and we wanted to do something about it. Which is exactly why the idea of like a commanding officer sitting everyone down and going, now someone whose name starts with S and ends with Santiago has been doing something <laughs> very wrong, but don't do anything to him. That's the most suspect thing you can do. Like you are basically asking them to do something. Like even if yeah. you didn't think 
and go in and go, stuff a rag in his mouth, he needs to go. He was all but winking by the sounds of it (laughs) all the way through this speech. Like, seriously? Military people, I don't know. And also, like, if you, I don't know, just the mentality of, like, such a private boys' school kind of thing, it's like, you, you know, aren't playing game with the boys, so we're all going to friggin' bash you over it. And like, oh my god. That's a a really great analysis, actually. Like, a very comparable thing, especially with all the North Shore school kid shit in the news right now. It's absolutely, it's just boys. It's stupid fucking boys. Those boys would have and gone systems that enable school. boys. The next, yeah, so they go through that. Uh, Kathy's like, okay, please don't call all 22 people that are in the squad to verify that exact thing, which is what exactly what Ross was going to do. I was going to say, Kevin Bacon's like, I wanted to call everyone. I had everyone here. And Kathy's like, yes, early day. The only thing he asked uh, that witness and was going to ask the rest of the witnesses was, and were you there with Dawson five minutes later in his room? He's like, no, I wasn't. Mm. So yeah, setting up that no one else witnessed the second order. They end that day there okay second day uh the doctor who basically said the rag was poisoned and that's what caused all of the lactic acidosis and everything yes but christopher guest which i found so delightful and surprising yeah just like just there and that's such a small role for like five minutes the spinal tap connection i assume but yeah (laughs) it was it was lovely it was actually really funny like i don't often see him playing serious roles like this so i expected him no i didn't recognize him at first until i looked it up yeah so kathy actually does a really good job proving himself as a lawyer straight off the bat because of how he questions him about different ways that this lactic acid could have built up. The doctor is very, very like, no, no, it was poison. He's like, but couldn't have a, what is it, a coronary condition have caused this? He's like, well, yes. And it's like, and what are all the symptoms of coronary uh, conditions? And he lists them off. And like, isn't there a, this a letter that you signed saying that Santiago had all these conditions? And that- Yeah, the three that you agreed to just a second ago. <laughs> They're all in this letter. What a coincidence. And he's like, no, it was poison. How dare you? But then Galloway stuffs up a little bit by objecting and then strenuously objecting. Strenuously objecting. <laughs> and trying to have all the doctor's testimony stricken from the record because, you know, he's, I think what Cafe's thing was, he's not a criminologist. So he's kind of speculating kind of thing yeah. when he's just a doctor. But Galloway kind of insisting. She's like, well, it's on the record. He's like, yeah, but also now the jury like, this sounds like a lawyer's trick to try and. Yeah. You've made a big deal out of it. They're going to remember that now. Yeah. It's like a telltale game. You're the. The jury will remember that. There's a little bit where Quartz finished for the day and Galloway's like to Weinberg, why do you hate them so much? And what he says exactly kind of how I feel is like, basically, they're big bullies. Like they bashed up someone and they end up killing him and they should have been looking out for each other, not freaking killing each other. And he's like, why do you like them so much? And her answer kind of sucks because she's like, because they have a code kind of. Yeah. Don't Don't buy into the code, Demi. You're better (laughs) than this. You're in internal affairs. You're supposed to be like the one challenging these codes. Yeah. Like these codes are toxic as fuck and you're just like, no, their codes are sexy. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Kathy's like, okay, we're all having big fights. Let's just all go home and have a night off. So he goes home and he's probably like, yes, I'm going to watch the baseball on the TV. But no, Galloway comes in and is like, oh, you want to go have some seafood with me? And this is, yeah, this is the little bit that's just like that little kind of tacked on attempted a romantic mm. subplot that goes nowhere, thankfully. I guess they kept it in because they do, you know, talk about some stuff where they're smashing crabs with big mallets. Yeah, it's a very violent way to eat food. Like, I don't know, I don't eat seafood, but it just to be sitting there and smashing crab claws on the table while you're having a casual conversation. And like, but I feel like let's talk about this case in great wise. detail. Whack, whack, whack. <laughs> 
also like the public liability, like of expecting patrons to actually not choke to death on the shell because you know people who <laughs> yeah, go to restaurants true. are all wonderful people who don't do silly things. Yeah, no, no one's ever going to hit themselves with a hammer. <laughs> Just the donk in the head. And, but they, yeah, they. I guess they kept it in because they had a bit of a conversation about what they're going to do with the case. And then yeah, we go back to court. There's an officer brought in, and I think he was one of the ones who on Guantanamo Bay was driving them around. He's quite a young dude. Um, oh yeah, because that's um, Noah Wiley from ER. Like, oh, is that who an, it, an, another so familiar? And I'm like, who is this man? He is brought in as a witness. Basically, he had a code red. So they asked him about, you've had a code red against you, right? Yes. What happened? So apparently on a hot day, his gun slipped because he didn't have resin on his hands or something. And yep. a code red was called so they wouldn't do that again. And he was like, just had his arm, got a dead arm from everyone punching him. And, yeah. and they put glue, glue in his hands and everything. So it was like just a mean prank kind of thing. Yeah. But and like extremely teenage boy. Like, oh, yeah. like you were saying before, this is what 14-year-olds think of as justice. <laughs> <laughs> punch punch yeah he's like yeah but you know I never stuffed up again did I and he's like yeah okay well how come you got that like such a harsh reaction to your hands being sweaty and your gun dropping a little bit versus Santiago who notoriously you know was slow and runs was late for everything did this isn't this wrong why was he never actually reprimanded or given a code red himself and they're like private's like well because Dawson would never allow it like we're, we're all a bit scared of him so yeah we never took things into our own hands and you know did it our own code reds because Dawson would absolutely not tolerate it for a second. Uh, so yeah, setting up that Dawson isn't the kind of person who would normally, like was just willy-nilly going out and doing code reds. Yeah, but, not keen on the code red. Yeah, but still did one anyhow. Ross asks him to tell him in the manual. So he gives him a manual and is like, all right, tell me, where's the code red in here? And he's like, oh, it's not in the manual. It's like, what about this Guantanamo Bay specific one? He's like, no, it's not in there either, you silly Billy. And he's like, well, how... <laughs> How, how do you know what a code red is and blah 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 and he's like oh it's just a thing we do but then in an excellent bit of lawyering in my opinion Kathy's like okay can you tell me in that same manual where the mess hall is the info about the mess hall is he's like oh that's not in there either he's like oh so you just don't eat he's like no yeah you've just, never had a meal <laughs> you've never eaten a meal in your whole life he's like no I, of course we have and he's like well how do you know where to go if it's not in the manual he's like I, I guess I just followed the crowd and where everyone's eating and he's like hmm yes that's true I did uh, set you up really nicely right yeah, I thought that was really Oh, good. and like the little Sorry. detail of him giving the manual back to Ross in just yeah. the biggest like, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was so good. Delicious. After court that night, we see Kathy goes to, he goes to this news, like a news agent on the side of the road and he has a, which I think oh. is really cute. He has like, like just a big I love his dynamic with that news agent. Yeah, it's, it's so like good. Proverbs, I guess. It's like. Yeah, just tra- trading cliches. It's amazing. Yeah. Which is, it's like talking to my father-in-law sometimes. It's amazing. <laughs> Very, you know, oh, hardly working. <laughs> yeah, hardly. Yeah, hardly working. Um, there was a couple other ones like the early bird catches the worm and yeah, they just outmatch yeah. each other with that. So see you next that- time. Then if I see you first, like yeah. all of that stuff, like the standard middle-aged man patter yeah. when you don't know anyone's name and you call everyone chief and you use these things. But it was just all of that back and forth. And I, yeah. yeah, I love that scene. Those scenes really were good. great. Uh, so yeah, the second time he goes to grab his Sports Illustrated or what have you, when he gets back in the car, he drives off and then almost crashes his car in surprise because Markinson's just sort of sitting there like that. Just spook- Spookily sitting in the back seat. Yeah. 
and I, I think uh, Tom Cruise did a really good job of being surprised. Like it was exactly the kind of like dramatic that yeah. I would do. But yeah, Markinson's in there and he's like, Santiago was never going to be transferred. That transfer order was re- was signed like the day you came to Guantanamo Bay. Like it was all faked. And also there was another flight at 11pm the night he died that he could have gotten out if he was going to be transferred. So it's all bullshit. Uh, basically, I'm really unhappy with how everything's turned out and I want you to sort of get them off kind of thing. He himself doesn't want to, you know, someone who's so high ranking, I imagine blabbing like this is very, very frowned on. But, yeah. Which is silly because if they're broke laws like shouldn't the high up and ranking give you i don't know like i said don't you'd get ho- it you'd at hope all. so yeah. you'd hope so but all, all of this whistleblower stuff like yeah we well, know so we know to... it doesn't work yeah we know it's we know it doesn't it work yeah they don't protect the people who are actually trying to help the situation or improve and like, things even in australia how many of our like sas soldiers and stuff have been done for horrible things and it's only mm. because someone's released footage that we're like oh that's bad yeah and, and then inevitably it's just like oh well that one that one was bad no one else in the army's bad off we go <laughs> they put him into uh, like a, a hotel uh, Marcus in a hotel they're going to you know make sure he's protected and everything because they want him to testify whether or not mm. Marcus is going to allow that to happen we'll see so Kathy meets Ross at a bar to discuss says ah so I found Markinson we've got him protective and this is all the stuff that he told him uh, Ross kind of demolishes him with all his being such a good lawyer himself and mm. as he walks out Kathy like doesn't know what to say he's like I don't want to insult him about being a bad lawyer because he clearly isn't so he's like you're a lousy fucking softball player <laughs> <laughs> like zing you got him hit him where it hurts <laughs> um, that's it Ross, Ross is like really challenging him being like if you do this if you accuse Jessup of doing this code red thing and are wrong or can't prove it your career's fucked like you're gonna be no one yeah which is I mean, he, yeah that's what blows my mind it's like you know shouldn't a lawyer be able to make a case and if but no not within the military like all these new rules exist that's why there's military lawyers and military police and all yeah. that sort of stuff well, more, more code bullshit yeah. So back in court, questioning Kendrick about... So Kendrick's on the stand. Questioning him about a code red that was issued about an officer who stole some alcohol from like a someone on someone's office. The code red was basically he was um, denied food and he was just had to stay in the barracks with water and vitamins and that was his code red. You know, so they're setting up... Yeah, code reds do happen all the mm. time. But then he's like, but why was Dawson punished for sneaking him food? He's like, because he disobeyed a command. And he's like, but surely you can pick and choose. He's like, that's a really unjust command. And he's like, no, you must follow everything. Yeah, so Dawson found out the hard way that even though it wasn't, it's off the records completely command that's been issued, that even if you disobey that, he actually didn't get advanced or anything. He actually got penalised for just doing the nice thing, which was giving some food to a hungry soldier in your same squad. Setting up really nicely about the whole, when you're a Marine, if you have a order, you must do it. Like, that's it. Yeah. Even if you disagree with it. If you're given an it, order, that's the deal. Yeah, even if it's unofficial, if it's only by someone who's a little bit above you, it doesn't matter. You you must follow it. And, you know, sets up that Dawson, you know, now knows if I don't follow orders, I'll be reprimanded. And he obviously is a man who wants to get far in the Marines. So, yeah. yeah. He was denied a promotion. I think Kathy yeah. said, like, denied a promotion because of this poor review that came out of nowhere because of he, because he gave his mate food. For being genuinely a nice guy. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know after that, Kendrick is very rattled because he just, like, kind of sits there going, oh, did I just fuck this up for everyone? Yeah, because he did. He got, he got run in circles. He's tool and Kathy absolutely demolished him because he yep. put him in an awful place where he either had to acknowledge that soldiers could willfully ignore orders or pretend that code reds never happened and he couldn't yeah. deny that code reds never happened. Yeah, exactly. So he had to acknowledge. And he was just like Kiefer Sutherland there with that weird haircut that made his head look like a triangular egg <laughs> sitting there looking very confused as also, well as he should. I think he was a 
only like 25, 26 when this movie He's very was young, yeah. Yeah, so they find out that they're actually, they can't find any records of that 11 p.m. flight, either leaving Guantanamo Bay or landing. Mm. And Kathy confronts Markinson about it. And he's like, it's Jessup. Like, you don't get to that position that he's in without being able to, we say, like, avoid some landmines. So he's like, if it's gone, it's gone. Like, this man has planned this well. You're not going to find it. He's like, you're not still going to put me on the stand, are you? And he's like, yep, Thursday morning. Don't even worry about it. Yep, and 10 Markinson's like, chill. No worries. I can't wait to be there and betray everyone I know. Yeah, I'll see you later. Do you know where my dress uniform is, by the way? <laughs> Very quickly, we find out that he has absolutely no intention of going on the stand. Uh, we see him yeah. put on his very, very fancy regalia and yeah. he shoots himself after writing a letter to Santiago's parents admitting that Santiago died because I was a coward and didn't stop what I probably could have. Which, true, actually, yeah. Yeah, good to see at least one person admitting some yeah. culpability. <laughs> Except not going on the stand to... No, no. ...actually help anyone anyway. Codes, codes, yeah. codes. Codes all over. Downey is brought on the stand. So as I said before, it, they've kind of made Downey to be like a bit of a, like a simpleton kind of country boy character who you know he idolizes Dawson who is a little bit superior to him and is just does whatever Dawson really asks of him because he um yeah it's his hero kind of situation so he when he's on the stand Ross uh actually gets the information out of him that he wasn't actually in the barracks when the request to do the code red actually came he had been elsewhere and didn't get back until about 20 minutes after all that happened Ross has kind of got a bit of a slam dunk there saying but getting him to admit that actually Dawson is the one that asked me it wasn't Kendrick at all so yeah um, and he wasn't there for the actual order being given so it's yeah which it's is gone it? from two witnesses to one yeah exactly and yeah Kathy throws a big tantrum so he, later that night when they go back to Kathy's place Kathy's not there because he's out being drunk in the rain I guess because he's all wet Tom Cruise love him not a good drunk not good at no, such a bad <laughs> drunk it was like I, a child pretending to be drunk it was amazing yeah my theory is he's not a man who gets drunk very much if maybe yeah, when he was younger fit. but he's too I think he's too sensible to be that kind of guy probably very sober boy so yeah it's kind of it's the same as in Jerry Maguire it's kind of like that I've heard about this drunk I'm going to ah, dramatic arms and yeah, yeah I'm wobbling around a lot I'm wobbling I around over a thing yeah but I'm I'm not slurring my eyes are very sharply focused <laughs> You know, all the calling signs of a perfectly drunk man. Yeah. So he throws a big tantrum. Galloway actually says, well, we're not all out of ideas. We could get Jessup up on the stand. Yeah, so he flips out, knocks things off the table and is like, I'll get court-martialed and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, okay, I'm not standing around for this. And rightfully storms off. Yeah, that, that was a big old red flag. Like the way that he yeah. attacked that table. I'm like, is he, like, he was an inch away from hitting her. And I'm like, I do not like this at all. <laughs> no. Like, she made the right he, choice to leave. Who's going to pick up all those papers? They're probably all in their right little orders ready for yeah. all the evidence and then he's just like bush no uh, so they show a little DNM between Kathy and oh what's his name Weinberg who basically reassures him that you actually are a good lawyer I think you would have done your dad proud yeah I think maybe you could get Jessup on the stand and get him to admit what happened so they go out they get Galloway who's like storming off in the street in the, co- in the cold rain and he's like I'm gonna put him up on the stand and she's like yes yeah. And also, <laughs> thing I especially noticed to hear, I don't know about you, but the music in this movie sucks. Like oh, the score. it's some very early 90s. Oh, God. Someone's it was like, just it was figured out swell, the sense. And as soon as she, she like turned around, it like changed into really boppy, like, oh, I'm happy mm. now music. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, it's a really good composer. I've forgotten his name, but I think he's the guy who did uh, the Adam Sandler movies. Oh, right. Yeah, who's a really, I... really good composer. But this, I was like, oh. and I don't notice music I... normally. So for me to notice and be angry at it, it had to. Yeah, be, no, yeah. it was, it was 
extremely of its time. And like <laughs> it, it also like just seemed like for a lot of the movie, and especially a lot of the court scenes, there's next to no music. Like there's almost yes. nothing in there, which is really like I remember watching that and I, I do notice music. I yes. think too much about music. I was sitting there realizing that there has been no no soundtrack, no score or anything. And any other movie, I would have thought it would be ramping up the, you know, the big dramatic thing or building the tension and backing Tom Cruise up as he's ratcheting up the tension with mm. Jessup. And there's just nothing like it's actually really confident yeah to not and rely I don't, on that. I don't think it needed it i think no everything was no, no delivered it was the so right well, choice uh in that and it would have been just so chaotic to have music and all that talking <laughs> in the court, i think no it would have it was the right choice but you could also then hear whenever the music did come in yeah all those like, big, oh there it is like early 90s synths like here's oof. the swelling orchestra oh my god yeah next day at kathy's home they're talking so after all that kathy's like all right i'm rejuvenated i'm really excited i'm we're gonna do this and then he does in my opinion i think it's a great Jack Nicholson impersonation. It's actually really good. Uh, <laughs> said it's terrible and I'm like incorrect like you knew that it was Jack Nicholson like there was no doubt yeah. like he quotes the line like I will eat breakfast 300 I'm not going to try and do the impersonation like 300 metres away from and Guantanamo Bay blah 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 yeah, he does a really good job and fun fact that was like ad-libbed like that was not scripted was it so really? That, yeah so the reactions of the other two were genuine because like, <laughs> that's look terrific at Tom, look at Tom Cruise here doing his little impression I, I mean in the early 90s Jack Nicholson impressions were pretty dime a dozen so like, like everyone would have had one up there. Like Kevin Pollock is an impersonator by yeah. like, as, as a comedian. I'm sure he was like, I could have been doing impersonations this whole time. This is an option was available. Also, another thing, I don't know why Tom Cruise up until his 30s sounds so young still. Like he still. I has noticed that this too. Pitched. Oh my god, there was definitely like I, I know like people's voices tend to like lower and soften as they age, but I was really aware of how high and tight his voice was in this. Yeah, like really obvious. And then like, but now he's got such a just a normal nice voice. But yeah, still mm. in, in into the 90s he still had that high-pitched Tom Cruise kind of whine yeah got a bit of a Mickey Mouse thing going on (laughs) as they're talking he ducks into his closet because Galloway put his carries a baseball bat around with him everywhere it's like his I don't know security blanket I don't know but she puts it in a in a cupboard because everyone was tripping over it which fair enough Uh, he goes in there and he kind of looks at his uniforms all hanging up and he's like an idea has struck me and he's kind of falls out he's like the camera move and the and the music is just sort of like hmm putting the clues together like a detective game like something sort of like flashed in the corner as like a quick save happened yeah like yep if if you found an important detail (laughs) exactly yeah so he sort of runs off to look for something which it turns out to be a bunch of phone records he also sends wine rings up and sends weinberg off to do something else which is not disclosed until a little bit later and meanwhile galloway is like cool i guess i'll go fuck myself then (laughs) 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 to me more basically she did pull that face like that's what she said (laughs) non-verbally like fuck me then all right (laughs) Sorry, can the woman not do the, any research? Yeah. But well, I think he was the woman trying to clean up. That's her contribution. <laughs> I imagine Kathy's thing was like, I'm going to show her how good a lawyer I am because she's still been, you know, giving him jibes about how he's trying mm. to be his dad and everything. So he's like, I'm going to show her how good a lawyer I am. Last day in court, they call Jessup up. Galloway does a little quick thing. She's like, I know I push for this, but like, if you don't think he's going to admit to the code red, don't push it. Like, you could be in serious trouble. And he's like, fucking no worries, mate. I'm, I'm all good. Uh, they go into the courtroom. Weinberg's not there. Kathy's having a bit of a panic attack about that because obviously what he sent Weinberg off for is deeply important to what he 
he's going to do, but the court has to go on. Jessup is called to the stand and as Kathy is starting to question him, that's when Weinberg comes in with his two Air Force officers and you notice Jessup kind of look at them and doesn't really change his expression much, but you know that the way he looks at them, he's kind of like, oh, mm, these he's guys. He's definitely taking that in. Yes. He's like, oh, are these the guys that can uh, prove that there was a flight that I manipulated to not exist? Yeah, so Kathy is questioning Jessup. He does it in a very, very clever way. It's only ways that Aaron Sorkin could ever possibly write, I guess. Mm. So the way he goes about it, he asks him things like, oh, so you came to Washington, D.C. I see that you are wearing your, you know, your really dressy uniform. Did you come in that? He's like, no, I dressed in fatigues. And he's like, okay. And so he's like, you obviously packed. You brought a bunch of things and you're only here for like a one day, one night kind of thing. And he also asks about, oh, I noticed you made those phone calls as well. What do you, who are these people when he goes through it? What he's alluding to is for one day and one night, Jessup has made all these plans. He packed his suitcase to come down. However, when they were looking in Santiago's footlocker, all his uniforms were lined up. Everything was there. Like this is a man who was going to leave for good and was meant to fly out within six hours. He hadn't packed a single thing and checked phone records. He hadn't made a single phone call. So Kathy's like, I'm suggesting that you didn't actually set up a transfer for him. That was a lie. And that, and also another flight that was at seven hours earlier that he could have caught, but you opted not to put him on that one either. And you've actually, like he submits the, the logs to say, you know, this flight didn't exist. However, I've got some backup dudes here who were, who were working at the airport at 2am when that plane would have landed, which is Jessup's like, <gasps> quietly. Yeah. Jessup is, even though he's keeping his cool as much as possible, he is obviously a little bit rattled by all this stuff that Cafe is doing. Him being Jack Nicholson, the jaw is working overtime. He's like yeah, chewing. Just, <laughs> 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 chewing those back teeth right away. But, you know, he can't be one-upped. So he kind of has a go back at Kathy saying, I don't know, maybe this guy has no friends. Maybe he was planning to get up early and pack early. Basically does a really good job of dismissing everything that Kathy has said. And Kathy kind of stands there quietly and doesn't, obviously he's mulling things over, but to everyone else it kind of looks like he doesn't know what to do. Like he's been rendered speechless, I guess. Jessup is like, oh, okay, I'm going home. This is bullshit and gets up. And Kathy's like, sit down. How dare you get up when I haven't dismissed you? Another little power play where, as Jessup's like, uh, please refer to me as Colonel. I think I've deserved that. And then has a go at the judge for like how he keeps his court. And the judge is like, uh, excuse me, you can call me judge or your honor. I think I deserve that. So no one's into Jessup at the moment, even though he's a high ranking Colonel and everything. So, so he, earlier he ascertains like, why did you have the transfer set up? It's like, because he was in danger. It's like grave danger. It's like, is there any other kind of danger? Kathy kind of goes, well, you said that he was in danger and had to be transferred, but you've also now saying that you specifically requested that no one hurt Santiago and you made sure Kendrick made that order very clear and kind of gets him to go through and explain like talk about how in Guantanamo Bay you do not disobey orders like and they did it with Kendrick as well like if you have an order and you don't follow it you'll be punished severely so if you've ordered all of the squad not to touch Santiago why was his life in danger and yeah Jessup's kind of like oh he was a bad soldier and he's like no 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 that's not what I'm asking why like you got one or the other like what is it and yeah, same, same as he did with Kendrick. He sort of led him down two very separate paths and then smashed them back together and you have to decide either he was in yeah. danger or we gave this order. Like, you have to accept one of these things happen. Otherwise, you're contradicting yourself. So good. These untouchable men never thought they would, never probably never practiced what they were going to say because they're like, eh, I know what's going on. I've wrapped up all the loose ends. It's fine. Uh, so yeah, Jessup can't answer. And then we come to the very, very famous scene in this movie and they start screaming at each other and he's like, what do you want from me? Yeah, I want the truth. And he's like, 
you can't handle the truth and appallingly delivered by me but the way that <laughs> <Nicholson> <laughs> look we all know it even before i'd seen this i'd seen that line on like commercial tv ads promoting the fact that it was going to be the friday night movie yeah we all know that line delivery even if you haven't seen it yeah and it doesn't give much away because as far as you know like he's the good guy. you don't know that he's a bad guy like he could be the good guy being like yeah, this no is idea. A... yeah and, but then he goes into his big spiel and like i was going to read it out and then when i was sitting there watching again tonight i was like no it's too long this is too much google it go look at youtube and watch it like it's really good and like it's it sums up that military kind of mindset where it's like we protect you so you should just be grateful it doesn't matter like the ends just for the means you get to sleep in bed or safe and comfortable what do you care what we do as long as you're safe kind of thing which is obviously very problematic well well yeah that but also like super relevant like right now because that same logic is the like thin blue line kind of argument against uh, police abolition yeah is like we're doing all this stuff to protect you and if we're not there to protect you like oh all this sort of stuff it's like in the case of the police but also in the case of the military it's like i'm pretty sure if you weren't in cuba that would maybe make it better like what are you yeah you're agitating at the very least in cuba by protecting this little bit of territory that you've seized from cuba yeah that's exactly. maybe not a great thing to be proud of <laughs> i'm keeping the keeping the wolves from the door yeah actively causing trouble and then being like but we keep you safe i'm like yeah but we didn't need you in the first like we didn't need this in the first place yeah you create the conditions that you were keeping us safe from this is not not necessary it goes through his speech and he's like did you call the code red and he's so full of fury he's like you're damn right i did and everyone's like <gasps> Yeah, so he's admitted he issued the code red that resulted in these deaths and Kathy's just like, okay, we need to do this, this, and this. Bunch of le- legal jargon. The witness has protections, whatever. What do you say? The witness has rights? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the term. He was trying to leave, st- storming off, and they're trying to read him. Yeah. Like, they're telling him that he's basically he's, under arrest, that you've, yeah, the military you've just announced to the world. Rights. Yeah, he's going to be charged with this, and they also mentioned that Kendrick's going to be in trouble too. And I'm like, yeah, some mm. shit, dickhead. Mm. Yeah, so military police come to try and take him away Jessup wigs out and like lunges at caffeine is like oh, I'm gonna rip your eyes out and piss in your dead skull like maybe don't do that in a courtroom okay that's a lot but like that's kind of what I love about this whole sequence is like how much Kathy has like from the very beginning the first time they met been needling at him and knowing how to push his button so that in yeah. this situation he can push his buttons with such precision that yeah. Kathy's getting worked up and meeting that level as well but he's still relatively calm and controlled mm. and Jessup is raging and absolutely out of control and he's He's like, you're a colonel. You should be better than this. Absolutely. One would hope. Because he says, yeah, no. like, don't call me son. I'm a lawyer. I'm a whatever in the Navy. You son of a bitch. And I'm like, ah, yeah, get him. Old mate's taken out. He's going to be in big trouble and re- end up returning a verdict. Uh, the boys are found not guilty of murder, but they were found guilty of basically acting like dicks. So they're going to be dishonorably <laughs> discharged. <laughs> I, I like that description better than uh, conduct unbecoming a Marine, I think is the yeah. formal way of saying it. But really... Really? Being dicks. Dick uh, big move. bullies bullies and dicks they're obviously clearly upset because they're still going to be kicked out and they may not be serving jail time but they're no longer marines mm. but oh my the white guy's like ah, oh, but we you know he admitted that he called the code red why are we still being punished and Dawson's like we were supposed to fight for like the underdog basically we, we should have been there for Willie when we weren't and mm. so Dawson's kind of like I'm really bummed about this but I've learned a big lesson which is I shouldn't prioritise my ranking or whatever over what is right big lessons to learn in the hardest way possible I guess yeah yeah, it's a tough way to figure that out after yeah. a man died as a direct result of your actions. But. Yeah, and not because anyone taught you that, but because you yeah, you had to go to court for murder to find that out, which is not mm. a fucking flaw for the military. Yeah, ending, <laughs> it gets a bit corny. I guess a little bit too corny here for me. Um, yeah. It's like, it's you all need a wrapped up with a neat little bow. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, you don't need a patch for honour. And then, because previously, Dawson wouldn't salute Kathy, and then this time he's like, officer on deck, and does a big salute, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. And then there's like a little bit of banter, and then a big the end comes up on the screen, flowing text. Which, and- oh man, that, that was a, a thing out of time. I don't remember the last time I watched a movie that had that big title card at the end. Yeah. <laughs> And that's it. That is A Few Good Men from 1992. One of the most famous lines in, at least in 90s movies at the very least, if not all mm. movies of all time. Yeah, it's cinema history, yeah. I guess we all, when we talked about how we both really enjoyed it and everything, started the last episode, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Like that was, it's just two hours and 15 minutes of like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Even though I've watched this movie before, like, is he going to do it? Even though he's a dickhead, is he going to get all <laughs> made to admit? Like, yeah, just the whole time, you know, it's just a really... He definitely was a dickhead. I, I really like Kathy's character arc. Like, I know it's kind of, it's a little bit done the whole like cocky playboy learns to suit up and fly right kind of i mean thing. by tom but done by tom cruise multiple times uh, by this yeah, point yeah it's, it's kind of a kind of a shtick for him but i think the story sort of supported it really well and it was a, a really credible growth and the way that the court sequences played out i know i kept keep saying the phrase but it was all like everything that kathy did from the beginning of the movie was just power play after power play mm. manipulating people and putting them in a position where he could come out on top whether it was getting them frustrated by not turning up for a, an appointment and having them turn up and him acting all casual and hitting softballs and yep. then be like, here is exactly the, the argument that I would have made to you in chambers anyway, but I'm doing it out here. I've got you off balance, got you angry. I've won before you've turned up. All of that carried right the way through. He just learned to use it better and yeah. to take down bigger targets with it. Exactly. Well, normally what we would do now would be Tom Cruise-isms. However, don't really exist in this movie. Like the classic ones are stunts and running and you know all those things to do with these action movies. None. Doesn't none. run at all. If we're going to talk about Tom Cruise-isms that existed in the 80s and 90s, it'd be like, yeah, that cocky kind of playboy-esque character, like um, needs to learn a valuable lesson about himself and about life. All that's done, but yeah, it's not something he's been doing now he's older actor. He doesn't really do that anymore. But yeah, all the 80s and 90s stuff was definitely covered Tom Cruise-ism-wise. But yeah, all the other, the really famous Tom Cruise stuff, like stunts and running, nothing. I mean, I'd like to say that eating is a Tom Cruise-ism, but I actually can't think of any other films where he really eats like i think this is an outlier it really is it barely feels like it, it, i know that it has tom cruise in it like it, it is yeah. strictly speaking a tom cruise film but it doesn't feel like capital a a tom cruise film like it doesn't ha- have all of those hallmarks of tom cruise films it is it feels more like an aaron sorkin film it's such an ensemble cast kathy is the main character but everyone is involved in so many ways it's kind of like how something that tom cruise doesn't do really anymore is these kind of films like but he's always so good at them like when he did magnolia have you seen magnolia i have many years ago i have to i really want to rewatch that like, I mean he's not the main character but he's so good in it yeah and he's playing such a specific serious character kind of serious mm. he's a pickup artist but uh, <laughs> yeah like I wish he would do a bit more of like just dramatic acting again because he hasn't done it for a while it's, but then I also love action yeah. movies so maybe I should true true yeah look the Mission Impossible franchise is a strength unto itself but it, it would be nice to see him like actually like act alongside people and engage yeah. with other so actors be a part of the team it, again. So. yeah he's great yeah. at it this, this was a fantastic movie for performances like at least with the central like five or six people everyone delivered absolute mm. a game like it is hard to forget jack nicholson's line delivery because he is selling that like you can feel every muscle in his body is clenched when he's delivering that oh yeah classic apparently, line. i was looking at more trivia apparently he did it five times in full but they would film different people's reactions to it each time and mm. then the final one final time he did it was the one actually filming him properly so and apparently he was exhausted mm. after doing that but yeah, he also right. got paid imagine. five five million dollars to be in like four scenes of the 
movie. So, <laughs> you know. And you probably get a trip to him. Cuba out of it. I don't know if that was shot on location. Probably not. <laughs> no, I don't think it was. Another fact that made me laugh, though, was there's a bit where Kiva Sutherland is driving them in a big Hummer mm. and they kind of have two rows of Marines running. Apparently, Kiva Sutherland could not figure out how big, because the Hummers are huge, kind of get his mind around it. So he hit multiple, like, not badly, just like would whack them the, the side mirrors and stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like multiple. Oh no! Uh, how the film was actually inspired, or the play was inspired by an actual code red that apparently Sorkin's sister was a lawyer for. Which oh was really? Interesting. Yeah. Like not exactly the same, but very similar. A yeah. Code red happened, oh, yeah. and yeah. Oh, this is a fact that I got, which pissed me off and made me like Aaron Sorkin a little bit more. So apparently, an executive gave Aaron Sorkin a note saying, "If Tom Cruise and Demi Moore aren't going to sleep with each other, why is Demi Moore a woman?" And Sorkin was like, "Obviously." because women have purposes other than to sleep with Tom Cruise. And he said that that was one of his worst experiences as a screenwriter, which wow. brings me to a point I was going to make. Considering it was 1992, I feel like it was a little bit more diverse than I might have expected mm. in terms of they did have a woman on the like as one of the lawyers, which, you know, they were going to try and do a love story element, but decided not to, thankfully, because yeah, the alternate ending was that he asks her out and she's like, repeats that thing about, okay, but make sure you wear matching socks, which it sounds like the worst ending of all times that's like oh that line was kind of weird in its own right but if they tried to set that up as like uh something to call back to i would have i would have actively cringed like i would have physically bodily hunched into a ball (laughs) yep but it is extreme it's very aaron sorkin he like kind of recognized the patterns that he's working across his many shows like i'm I'm a pretty big fan i'm i'm one of the few people who enjoyed studio 60 on the sunset strip at least the first few times i watched it does not hold up well oh no oh no no. Uh, but but like Galloway is kind of in keeping with the way that I think Aaron Sorkin certainly did write women uh, like that sort of early 90s and into the mid 90s for writing The West Wing. She felt mm. very much like Alice and Danny's character in The West Wing, which is to say like could could have been a man. Like I don't think he really wrote her distinctly as a woman, but yeah. you know, there was not anything particularly womanly about her as a character. But I'm, I'm glad to see Demi Moore was fantastic in the role. I thought she brought something really distinct to it. And I think there was, even though it wasn't necessarily there in the script, I think there was something about the way that she carried it that sort of built that sort of sense of resentment that she like have to deal with that kind of resentment for being a woman in a position of power in yeah. that very very masculine kind of world mm. I thought that was a nice detail I thought that added to it yeah and there was like I mean as far as oh you know what for, even for 2020 it was still alright like there was actually not everyone was Lily White in it which was a nice like there were some actors of colour peppered amongst there still not great but I still watch movies now and I'm like oh wait there's there's no yeah. one of colour in this so yeah, yeah. but 92 no. I felt like I'm like oh okay that's that was alright I don't know if that's Rob Reiner like I'm trying to think of his movies and is that something he would do or is that just more of a representation of what the armed forces are like there actually are a lot of people who aren't white yeah that's a good question I like I I can't think off the top of my head of much other I I won't pretend to be an expert on Rob Reiner's films but like I have seen Spinal Tap and When Harry Met Sally and I don't think either of those are particularly diverse cast wise so I don't think necessarily anything I would think of as Rob Reiner I think you're right Mm. maybe there is something to it just about being in the military and there being a lot of particularly like low level like low ranking members of the military probably going to see a lot of men of colour in that so. Yeah. Oh, here we go. The word sir is used 164 times during the movie, about once every 50 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> what we'll do now, because we don't really have any more cruisisms or anything, let's mm. rate the movie. I, I'm going 
going to give it four and a half handling the truth. <laughs> nice. I'm going to give it a four and a half as well. I'm going to steal your review and I'm going to do it four and a half baseball bats, Demi Moore nearly tripped over out of five. <laughs> and <laughs> just a really good film. If, if, I think this is one of those films, even if you hate Tom Cruise, like anyone can watch this and enjoy it. Yeah, uh, for I sure. Think, especially if you're a dad. I feel like dads must love this movie. Very dad friendly movie for sure. I, I, I think that's kind of why I wasn't sure. Like I, I said before, like seeing ads for it on commercial TV, it would just sort of felt like a Saturday night movie. And I, I had never felt particularly compelled to watch it. I'm like, it's just something that was on TV. And maybe it's because of like Jag and shows that came along later. It's just like, <laughs> oh, it's going to be like that. I just had written it off. I was really pleasantly yeah. surprised by how well constructed a film it was. And mm. Tom Cruise was great. And Jack Nicholson was great. And everyone was great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's us done, I guess, for a few good men. I highly recommend giving it a watch if you haven't seen it already. If at the very least, go YouTube and find Jack Nicholson's bit because that in itself is absolutely yeah, worth it. Yeah, watch the whole speech. Ginger, where can we find you online? Uh, I am visible on Twitter. Uh, my handle there is GingerBFG uh, or you can go to GingerBFG.com which is my, my internet website uh, where you'll find my podcast Key Change which is a hard to describe kind of music oriented thing uh, that's on my website or on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to hear podcasts. Awesome. And it's just Tom Cruise Reviews on Instagram, Tom Cruise Review without the S on Twitter or TomCruiseReviews.com for my website. Uh, that's all from us this week. Thank you so much for joining me again, Ginger. I hope you're going well down in lockdown in Melbourne. Oh, it's, it's, nil- it's, it's yeah. nearly. It's a time. <laughs> it's, a, it's a time. It's a time. Things might be easing. That's the, that's the thing I'm clinging to. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you again for joining us and I'll catch you next time. See you later. Thanks for having me.